0: Welcome to the Edit Your Life Podcast. I'm Christine Ko.
1: And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome.
0: We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting
1: bogged down by perfection. And we help you take action with doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Good morning, Asha. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay. How are you?
0: Good, good. Well, listen, we have a big and important and um, what I hope will be an empowering conversation up today. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited about it because both professionally and personally, as you know, I am all about open and honest conversations with kids about all manner of things. And today we're going to talk about having the talk. I'm using air quotes. You can't see it, but I am. (laughs) And it is not about sex ed, though, Asha, you know, I'm always game for that. But in relation to technology and tech safety. Um, Specifically, like how to start, what to cover, and I'm really excited about this
1: conversation because I know it is such a daunting one for so
0: many parents.
1: It is so daunting. It just sort of feels like it's it's huge, you know, because mm-hmm. not only is like the influence of technology so vast in our lives, it's just constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And and you know, actually, for me, I'm very glad we're having this conversation because I tend to, believe it or not, sort of under worry about things like like ah, it's gonna be fine. Ah, it's fine. And it's actually good for me to have a really clear-eyed conversation and understanding about what's happening online what the landscape is how best to navigate it and then just how to talk about it and keep talking about it with my family mm-hmm
0: and you know there is a sex ed parallel here I knew I know I wasn't going to talk about that but <laughs> and I'm not but it's a hundred percent relevant and um, you know you you just um, alluded to that and it is the tech in particular it's just such a moving target you know we talk about moving targets in life all the time asha and you know it occurs to me that you and i have talked about a couple times how back in 2013 when we published minimalist parenting there wasn't even a tech chapter because it was not as pervasive an issue that's like completely mind blowing to me now and it
1: just seems impossible
0: doesn't it right yeah it's it's crazy so i just wanted to encourage parents straight up today to absorb this conversation not with like the feeling like okay Christina and Asher are telling us X number of things and we need to address them all in one conversation. Trust me, it will not work. Your kids mm-hmm. will tune you out. <laughs> but instead, think of it as an ongoing series of conversations and really like short, frequent touch points are just totally where it's at.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point because... I I mean, it's sort of like the baby steps approach to the issue of tech safety and tech citizenship, because really that's all we can do. So, uh, you know, the good news is we can just take it in small steps. Yes, yes.
0: Well, you know, today we're having this conversation in partnership with Google. And obviously, Google, in and of itself, does not need an introduction. But what people might not be aware of and what I want to call out is that they have a really cool initiative called Be Internet Awesome. And it's all about teaching kids about five pillars of online safety and digital citizenship, specifically how to be smart, alert, strong, kind, and brave as you navigate the internet. Obviously, like we want all those things for our kids. And they even have a game called Interland to help bring the (laughs) concepts to life, which is really, really cool. So um, on Safer Internet Day, Google released a bunch of survey data from parents and educators on online safety. And given that you all know I'm a former neuroscientist who loves data, I wanted to share a few things that jumped out at me from the parent perspective. Can you, mm-hmm. Are you ready for some data, Asha?
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm ready. And it's actually quite helpful to just sort of hear, you know, in a big picture way what's on other parents' minds because this stuff is big.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there there's a bunch of findings. But the, these are just some ones that, like, popped out at me just You know, just from this parent perspective because I know we have so many listeners who are thinking about these things. So the first thing I wanted to share is that, like, parents, we we know the conversation should be happening, okay? So they found that parents believe kids should learn about online safety at the age of 9.4 years old on average. Um, So, you know, there's consensus there, so that's good. However, second, parents feel very much out of their depth. Only 4 in 10 parents feel confident enough to talk to their families about online safety. So that's like part of the motivation of why we're having this conversation today. Like we want to help parents get there. And then third, it just feels really hard to make things happen. So parents in this survey reported the biggest challenges to ensuring that kids have a healthy digital lifestyle were one, you know, content they don't approve of or don't want them watching, Um, that was 28%. Two, enforcing screen time limits, that was 25%. We'll talk more about that. Um, And three, setting a good example for kids with screen time, like that was 21%. And we know that is really hard. So in a nutshell, the struggle is real. And today, we're going to talk about how to get out of the overwhelm zone and make the hard
1: things a little less hard. Making hard things less hard. (laughs) I think that should be our new tagline. Yeah, I think that should be the tagline of my life, actually. Uh, No, seriously, I'm, uh, you know, sort of, I'm just really glad we're able to work with Google on this because I feel like too often, um, you know, when we talk about online safety, it's like discussing this mysterious boogeyman rather than actually talking about day-to-day reality of our lives and you know the practical things that we can do to make a difference so um you know it's not just about the tools and the gadgets or the software that are always changing it's really about our own behavior as well so that is something we have control over Mm -hmm. which is actually sort of comforting so i mean it's you know we acknowledge it's complicated it's different for every person it's an ongoing conversation but you know, the fact is we're, we're living in this tech-connected world, and it's just good to be able to, like, talk about it straight on and address it, and then just work through some of the stuff together. Absolutely, yes. And
0: so we are going to talk about all manner of tech things. It's going to be very exciting, and we will get to
1: that after a quick break. One of the best ways you can support the Edit Your Life show is to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews help new listeners find us, and they make our day. Please take a couple minutes today to rate and review the Edit Your Life show in iTunes. If you're not sure how, we've got directions on our website at edityourlifeshow.com help. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, friends, we are back, and today we're talking about key things to cover and how to do it when you talk to your kids about tech citizenship and tech safety. So um, at the front of the show, we talked about Google's Be Internet Awesome initiative. We're going to link that up in the show notes, because you know, some of the things that we're talking today, um, you can further explore on their website, which is, i got to say, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I visited the Be Internet Awesome site, and it's actually super helpful. And there is a downloadable family guide, which I downloaded and read. And I think it's really great because it's an excellent follow-up to what we're going to be talking about today. You should feel like you don't have to take notes if you're walking around or if you're in the car or something. You can download this guide and, and read it, and it will really you know, not only recap what we talk about, but it'll go further than that. So it's there for you.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome.
1: All right, well, let's dive right in. You know, The first thing
0: I want to talk about, which I think is a really, really crucial place to start, is talking with your kids about the concept of a digital footprint. Uh, Quite frankly, as we've seen in the media, there are plenty of adults who don't understand this concept and have seen repercussions from it. So, you know, for kids, it's occurred to me, I just think it's really important to remember that they are not really thinking beyond the actual device that is sitting in their hands. So for us, it's been as simple as just, you know, communicating to Laurel that when whatever she puts online, she should consider permanent, even if she deletes it later. And I found it just, you know, pretty effective to say the word screenshot.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I mean, isn't that so interesting? I mean, I actually, just permit me a meta moment for a second, because I think it's so interesting. We, you and I, Christine, are talking about this issue as longtime bloggers, you Mm -hmm. know? We've been writing about our families online and, you know, interacting online sort of, you know, for a really long time. And, you know, there's – we have – internalize this notion that every action we take online is almost like a little puzzle piece that fills in a larger picture that's just living out there on the internet that persists. And so, you know, we've been thinking about our digital footprints and our kids' digital footprints since before social media existed, but that's exactly your point. You know, our kids have a totally different context for how and why they even use their devices Mm -hmm. and how this information gets stored and how the data gets used. So it's so important for us to bring this concept out into the open and just talk about it. And, you know, by the way, that extends to all electronic communications. So not just social media, but also email, texts, you know, chats, everything. So it's it's just a good thing to keep in mind that digital footprint is a really good metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the next topic that we want to talk about is actually, you know, has to do with the content of what you post. So it's really important to talk to your kids about what's okay and what's not okay to post online, and with whom they share it, as well as learning about how to identify information that's credible by using their own detective skills. You know, again, their frame of reference um, about what's going on beyond their device is just different than ours. And so, you know, I guess it's also good to know that these conversations can actually be quite simple. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just as an example that I think will help for parents um, with little kids, you know, Violet's eight years old. She loves playing games. And from the very beginning, as we've helped her get set up, you know, we talk about how just little things, like she should never put her last name up when it asks for a username. She actually uses like just a nickname, so it's not even her full name. And then um, also that lots of games have pop-ups and things where like they try to build community by giving players the ability to message each other. And so we've told her just ignore them, never give any information about yourself, don't respond. And you know, we've also just said like, if you have questions, like ask us first before doing anything. And I I think the key is just to be, like, really matter-of-fact and really simple with it. And with teens, you know, obviously you can talk more deeply about things. And I've been very direct with Laurel about not posting identifying information about herself and her whereabouts. Just, you know... it. Like better to share
1: about something later than in the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really good point about timing. And I think it's also a really good point about being straightforward and, you know, not like this is some looming threat that we're talking about. It's just a tool. And let's talk about how to use this tool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the other thing is that, you know, the term, you know, the the phrase identifying info can sometimes be tricky because I think we all know about, you know, full names and phone numbers and, and all that stuff. It's pretty clear But there were a few scenarios in the Be Internet Awesome Family Guide that I hadn't even considered. So, you know, for example, what to share on social media when you're heading out on vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, on some level, like we all have a sense that, you know, okay, we're basically revealing our whereabouts. But, you know, everybody in your family might have a device and might be sharing differently on different platforms so it's probably a good idea to have a conversation about it before you head out so it's just i mean that's just a smart thing to do that i didn't exactly think about and Mm -hmm. so um and i'm also really glad you brought up vise games um it's a really good practice to click through kids game setups just to familiarize yourself with whether there's a messaging component. And um, my daughter, when, when she was younger, used to post her art on a social media platform specifically built for, you know, art sharing. And it, too, had a messaging, like a direct message ability that we really had to, you know, we had to negotiate and, and work out. Um I think it's also worthwhile saying that my conversations have also extended to photos. So I've asked my kids and even my friends who visit my house not to post photos that include our house, uh, like my house's street yes. number. You know, it's just a little tiny thing. And one of my friends who's super conversant online, she, she said, oh, my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. So just good to just as you think of these things, just bring them up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just it's so important and it's just like little things you you know that weren't an issue before like mm-hmm. and and now they are. We just have to be, kind of be aware and bring some gentle awareness to it. Mm-hmm. Um well, speaking of being aware of things, <laughs> I'm I'm sort of chuckling because this is going to be a very humbling <laughs> component of the conversation. <laughs> um, you know, an important thing to talk to kids about and hey, I've had to talk to my beloved mother about this too um is digital vigilance and things like online scams incredible media sources um so i want to share a little recent example um or from last year so at christmas time you know those like giant plush pillows like mm. human-sized plush pillows oh wow okay uh-huh. um, they're a thing and laurel wanted to get one for violet and you know she she was so excited she, it was such a generous sweet thing like she found a place online had an adorable one for $20 and like I couldn't believe it was only $20 and we were in such a rush like literally we were in the parking lot about to pick up Violet from an activity and I just I you know at that particular moment in time I felt like I had been in a lot of no mode so I kind of wanted to be fun mom right Mm. (laughs) so I said okay let's order it right now like right here before we pick up Vibe I had never heard of the online retailer. Typically, honestly, if I'd been at home and like not so rushed, I would have looked up looked it up. But, you know, I wanted to be fun fun mom. So, well, I ordered it and then like a week later Laura was like, "What's the status of that order?" So I went to check on it. it turned out it was a scam website as in uh. like it took our order and then when I went to check a week later about the order status, the website was had disappeared off the internet like wow yeah and let me just say that luckily there were not further you know credit card purchases or whatever it was just that one transaction but the hassle of dealing with the credit card company and like talking to john about it and then my own self-flagellation for lapsing in my own vigilance in pursuit of being fun mom um, it was a really good opportunity to have a real life conversation about how important it is to just like be really careful about websites and stuff.
1: Okay, that is like the very definition of teachable moment. Right? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, that's really terrible. I'm sorry you went through that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think what this tells us is it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. It's very smart people. It can happen to smart people. It can, ha- it can happen to anyone, but especially kids and teens, you know, because they live so much of their lives online and online transactions really, you know, and online shopping makes a lot of sense to them. And I'm really glad you, brought up your mom, because it is a totally shameful reality that online scams target elderly folks. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother topic, which we should discuss at some point. But um, to me, you know, the place to start, uh, you know, this conversation is about the fact that everything we see online isn't necessarily true and in some cases it was specifically built to trick people into giving money or information hence the plush pillow fake website <laughs> and i mean it was literally just built to get your credit card yep. and it's a good reminder for us too because you know like you wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that but there somebody would do that and so it's just you know again it's such a varied problem that unfortunately there's no set s- series of steps you know that we can take to you know quote unquote solve it but we can heighten our awareness and we just need to continue being vigilant we need to continue offering guidance and just continue keeping our eyes open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, I just wanted to recommend a tool uh, should
0: people need it, and we will link this up in the notes, but um, the Family Link app from Google, if you use this, you can block specific sites, you know, like plush pillow sites. Um, (laughs) You can only allow a curated set of sites, apply filters that help block mature content. So it's kind of like, basically like guardrails. And then as you're child shows that they can handle more freedom, you can kind of slowly take them off. So it's just like, mm-hmm. again, another tool in your potential toolbox to try to get some, um, you know, set up some
1: some boundaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Okay. So on to our next topic, which is storing information. Okay. Um, this really is all about passwords and the importance of strong passwords so it's important to talk to your kids about how they have to protect their information it's not just about what they're posting it's about protecting Mm -hmm. their account information their personal information by setting up accounts with strong passwords so for example don't just make the password your birthday or you know one two three four or say like i love unicorns or something wait a minute did i
0: give you my (laughs) password of i love unicorns (laughs) uh Yeah. Um, and, and I've had, I've actually, again, I've had to talk to my mom about strengthening her passwords because I won't say what it is in case she's still using it, but she uses a very obvious one. Um, anyway, or has in the past, you know, another thing I just wanted to bring up about passwords is not sharing them with friends. Um, like when, when you talk to your kids about it, because I think, um, for some adults this might sound like a no brainer like yeah don't don't share your passwords with your friends but you just can't assume it with kids because they don't they don't have the same context and understanding
1: mhm don't share your combs and don't share your passwords <laughs> kids exactly <laughs> um, actually you know it's sort of uh, interesting that you point that out because the be internet awesome family guide pointed out something important which i didn't think about which is that it's probably not even a good idea to share our passwords with each other inside our own families Mm -hmm. Um, just because, you know, there's settings, differences, and things like that. So it's just something to, you know, keep in mind. We really should be sort of in charge of our own passwords. Um, I should mention, by the way, the whole concept of a quote-unquote strong password usually includes upper and lowercase letters, numerals, and special characters like punctuation and stuff. I mean, each site sort of has its own, you know, thing that it allows. Um, I use a password management app specifically to store all of my different passwords because I also try to use different passwords for different services, not the same password. Uh-huh. And so I use this password management app on my um phone, my computer, uh, my kids have it, and it securely stores passwords. Um, It also uh, generates strong passwords, so I don't have to come up with some crazy, you know, string of characters. So um, it's a super helpful tool. If you've never used one before, Google actually has a really good version at passwords.google.com. And so you can check it out, see if that would work for you. It's just a real time and brain saver when it comes to keeping your account secure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because that's part of the thing. We do it for convenience, like something we can easily remember. But if you have something, you know, a tool that's doing the remembering for you, you can just feel confident using these strong passwords.
0: I agree. I agree. And and I, I feel like everybody has been in the situation where you like... Set up an account somewhere, you put in a password and then there are parameters. As you mentioned, different sites will have different parameters. like it doesn't meet that requirement so then you add like one random character and then later you can't remember it because it's not <laughs> your usual thing. Mm-hmm. So I think yep. in like a password app is just like just the smartest thing ever.
1: Everybody, everybody mm-hmm. needs that. Yeah, I would say it's a must use app. Yeah. All
0: right. well, we have a lot more to talk about and we are going to do that after a quick break.
1: We've been recording episodes of the Edit Your Life Show since 2015, which means that our podcast archive is a gold mine full of help with everything from productivity to parenting to self-care to figuring out which book to read next. Plus, we've interviewed a bunch of fascinating special guests. Check out our past episodes at edityourlifeshow.com slash episodes.
0: Okay, friends, we are back and we have a lot more you know really helpful and good stuff to talk about related to tech safety and citizenship and asha i want to talk about screen time oh everybody's
1: favorite topic
0: <laughs> everybody's favorite topic it really is one of the biggest issues we hear about from parents and as i mentioned at the top of the show enforcing screen time limits was one of the top concerns you know parents had in that survey so you know, while there are different ways you can set up hard and fast screen time limits on different devices, like their actual like timeout kind of things, I just wanted to make a plug for something I've talked about before, and it is our brain, body, house mantra. So basically the idea is that everyone needs to do something for the brain, like homework, reading, etc. Something for the body, so some kind of like physical activity, and then something for the house chores also another one of my favorite topics um and that once you fulfill those things you can do other stuff and we're you know otherwise pretty loose about screen time like if that's one of the things so mm-hmm. I just find it's really effective like to have some kind of mantra like that whatever it may look like for your family just to make sure that things are a bit more balanced
1: yeah, that is such a great framework. I wish I knew that when my kids were younger. <laughs> um, but, you know, what? what's so great about this framework that you've created is that it's flexible. You know, it, it, it really sort of allows for so many different interpretations, which really helps because I have found that the concept of screen time hardly makes sense anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to back in the days of, you know, there was a TV and a computer, but now screen time is just so different than it used to be. It's so... Much more varied. So, having a way to think and talk about uh, what just daily healthy balance is just really helpful. It's not about the screen, it's about living a balanced life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my case, you know, where we are now, um, my kids are teens and young adults, um, one of whom doesn't even live at home with me. So, hopefully, he has taken some of these lessons with him. But the conversation was different. um, And one of the tactics that really worked for us was to create sort of de- device-free oases during our days, you know, like zones where we just didn't have a device. So, for example, n- you know, no phones at the table during meals, for example, um, including reading the digital newspaper, by the way, I actually stopped doing that so that I could really adhere to the no phones at the table during meals rule. And it's it was just so helpful, it's amazing how you know, oftentimes when people eat meals, they just put their phone right next to them, like next to their plate, mm-hmm. just because out of habit, you know, so you can look something up while you're talking. But when you have none of that stuff, it's just a wonderful break. Mm-hmm. So um, another little digital oasis that we created was when we were in the car together. So there would be no phone scrolling on short drives. Um you know, like drives that were less than an hour or so. Um, and the reason was because the driver feels very lonely when that happens.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's You know, <laughs> it, I hadn't thought of
1: that. It? It's absolutely true. So it's just like, yeah, no no phone scrolling. Like, let's talk. Let's look out the window or whatever. But, um, you know, that was just a, a sort of a hard and fast rule. And it was really good. I, I think it's important to give a caveat here, though, because I've also learned that it was really important for me to stop vilifying phones and video games and social media and all this technology it's really easy to as sort of the parent to really focus on the negative aspects of those things and how they impact our family time and all of that but the reality is these tools and services they play very different roles in my kids' lives than they do in mine. And when I am judgmental about it, when I am sort of judgmental about their phones or, you know, why would you play that game or whatever, it just erases their experiences. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it makes them less likely to want to talk to me about it. And so it's just I, f- I find that really important that we live in this world together. We're experiencing it differently. We have to sort of make room in our conversations for, you know, experiences that we're not having.
0: I'm really, really glad that you brought that up because I think it's a hundred percent true the phrase you just used like erases their experience. Like it it it's yes. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. And also just, you know, I wanna tag on that um, you know, there are ways to use tech um as a means of connection and to build relationships. So like I think, yeah, it's not it's just not a black and white issue at all. So again, mm-hmm. I think it's just about, you know, finding those like bits of balance and you know finding the ways to use it in a positive way um and also i'm still thinking about like you're not letting your driver get lonely concept and i think that's so awesome
1: (laughs) Well, and I needed to, I needed to, um, I needed to spell that out because I just don't think that was obvious to my kids, you know? Mm, And, mm -hmm. um, because they're just, they're just sort of doing what they're doing. They're sitting there, there's nothing happening. So this is a good time to check the phone. And it was like, it's, you know, nobody intended to, you know, quote unquote, shut me out or anything, but it was like, Hey, you know what? This feels different than it feels just sitting silently for some reason. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that out loud and sort of almost working it out verbally was a really good thing.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So that actually leads nicely into our next topic, which is modeling the behavior that we hope to see. Mm -hmm. So uh, let us just say right out, this is a humbling part of the parenting (laughs) journey. Okay. Because, um, you know, it just is, and it, did not surprise me that the Google survey that you mentioned earlier um, showed that setting good, a good screen time example was a top concern for parents.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is 8000 pr- uh, you know, percent approximately, humbling. <laughs> um, you know, but the good news is that it's something we can work on, right? Like yeah. that's the positive. So I would say, and this, this I will say 100% is like something that, is a moving target. It's gonna change depending on your stress level, what's happening in your work life, you know, all manner of things. But I would say that some, just some general tips is um, are that like one of my best ways to deal with this is leaving my phone in, the, in my office at the end of the workday. I, I have an in-home office as well as a sort of out-of-home workspace. But if I'm working at home all day, just leave it in my office um, so it's it's not around to distract me um another one another big favorite of mine since I love reading is to invite my kids for cuddly reading time in the evening that's my favorite. Like, <laughs> seriously.
1: <laughs> I want to have cuddly reading time with cuddly you. Cuddly
0: reading time. Yeah, anybody <laughs> who follows me on social media knows I read a lot. Um, and part of that's because of cuddly reading time. Um, and then, you know, I think it's also just, I'll say it really candidly, that it's it's totally real and understandable to default to sort of like mind the scrolling when you're bored. And so the answer in our house is always to do something else. Like, you know, whether it's... Um, baking (laughs) or you know some kind of craft or just going outside or whatever like that's always a game changer um and I also will say that just one last little thing is that over the winter holidays this was like a total uh not accidental exactly but it was a function of um needing to have my phone on while I was asleep because Vi was at a sleepover so I wanted to be there in case you know the phone rang and she needed to be extracted Um, but I didn't want my phone like notifications going off Um, so I turned everything off except my actual phone. So I started basically only using my phone like a phone like it'll only make noise if the ringer is on and I get a phone call or a text. And it has been life-changing.
1: <laughs> it has yeah, been amazing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's those those interruptions affect your quality of life more than you realize until mm. then they're gone and you're like, oh, hmm, feels so good. Um, you know, it's interesting. Part of why I read paper books and I don't use an ebook reader is because I want people to see what I'm reading, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of let's like bring this back to this whole notion of modeling. I want them to see the title of the book. I want them to see that I am reading. I want them to see that, you know what I mean? I, I just want to, I want them to see me turning pages. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, uh, right. I mean, that's a little bit different than what you're talking about. Cause you're saying, you know, like actually also change our behavior where it comes to, you know, when it comes to things like scrolling, which is also something that I'm trying to do, but it even goes down to something simple, like, Like that, you know, my choice of quote unquote device, because I don't even have to have a conversation. It's just modeling just by somebody walking by and seeing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, something else I do, which I sort of mentioned earlier when I was talking about the driver being lonely in the car, is I sometimes narrate my own behavior. So that means, like, for example, I talk out loud about why I do things. So for example, I recently have taken up embroidery, you know, like with the hoop and the whole thing, Yay. you know? is
0: awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's really awesome. And, um, you know, I was sort of talking to my family throughout this, and I talked to them very openly about the fact that I think my phone use has affected my attention span, and... Embroidery is my like is one of many efforts to counteract that. So I really made it super plain about the fact that uh, this seems like fun, but also this is because of you know a conscious decision I'm making about my device. Mm -hmm. And you know, so these are just two small examples. You probably have more, you know, that would be relevant to your family. But you know, I just I feel like I just need to say this again. It's you know this stuff is all new and it's constantly changing and. We just have to recognize that we are all doing just the best that we can. You know, this is all, it's all all trial and error, right? (laughs) I mean, so, you know, if you are listening and you're just sort of feeling like, uh, I always default to mindless scrolling after dinner and you're feeling some sort of guilt or you're, you know, something like that. I just hope you will release that guilt, release the perfectionism. None of us are going to be a perfect role model and that shouldn't even be the goal, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's worthwhile remembering that we're the first generation of parents who has had to contend with the Internet and mobile devices and social media and how to parent through all of that. And so we're totally blazing this trail. There hasn't been a lot of modeling for us. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think... I take comfort in, you know, in the notion of modeling course correction because in the end, that's actually the best skill that our kids can learn because they're going to encounter all sorts of problems that we can't imagine and that they can't even imagine. So if they know how to course correct and we can model that for them, I think that will be the best thing that they can learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I think
0: this kind of loops back to the example about the like Plush Pillow website (laughs) I Mm -hmm. talked about earlier where... You know, I think it's all about just talking openly, honestly, like, you know, saying, hey, I made a mistake, you know, just being really transparent about things and that we're all kind of learning together. And I Mm -hmm. think that is, you know, really what helps kind of build an understanding and trust and relationship around it. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard. And I'm glad you pointed out that, that reality that, we are the first generation of parents dealing with that like this mm-hmm. it's, it's a huge deal and yeah. so there there should be a lot of forgiveness around it mm-hmm. you know
1: yes indeed
0: all right well speaking of forgiveness and and you know self kindness and other good things i wanted to talk a little bit about um, you know another important conversation to have with kids and it it kind of involves two sides of a coin and it is how to be a you know a positive digital citizen by spreading kindness, kindness online and also dealing with the unfortunate reality of bullying. Like mm-hmm. it's really, it's just another one of these things we're learning how to navigate on the go. And it's interesting. I feel like both of my kids are very tuned into the kindness piece. I think mostly because, well, I'll, I'll attribute it to our elementary school. Like they do a ton of this on kindness and you know, their, their mascot is a bee and it's bee kind, like all that stuff. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of it. Um, And I, I really will say that even, you know, with a teenager in the house, I'm continually astounded by the persistent sort of love bombing in the comments of Laurel of her friends on their social media accounts. Um, So, so that, like, I feel like the kindness piece, like we kind of have down, but more of our conversations have really focused on bullying and how to handle it, yes, but also crucially, like how to support a friend if they are being bullied, which is, you know, for sure something we've dealt with,
1: so. Oh boy, that's so important. Yeah, yeah, you
0: you know, I think it's, it's important that it's that sort of support like needs to happen online
1: and, you know, creating those allyships is really important. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, we have also dealt with that. Not, you know, if not direct bullying, you know, how to support somebody else who was going through that. Um, it's so important. This is such a big topic, and it's it's so hard, too, because, you know, when we say bullying, it's very easy to have this sort of stereotypical, like, bully, uh, you know, image in our head. But sometimes this stuff can be subtle, you know, this stuff on social media. It really can be subtle communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I think it's really important for us to sort of stay out of mysterious boogeyman territory and just remember, you know, that we here are just talking plainly about the world we live in, you know? Mm-hmm social communication online and offline is, is, you know, complicated. So um, I find that when it comes to um, communication issues with my kids, I often try to redirect them back to their own gut feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. their real, their internal guidance systems, you know, it's, it's tricky because, you know, for young kids, it really is about their peer group. And so it's hard for them to follow those internal guidance systems, but this is when it's crucial for them to start tuning into that. And I, you know, I tell my kids all the time, trust yourself first. So, you know, I talk to them about the fact that you know, good friends, they just make you feel right inside. There's just this alignment and you can feel it. And that people who try to pull you away from who you are, you should just handle those people with caution. You know, Mm -hmm. you should just sort of note that there's a little, um, you know, warning sign or a red flag, just note it. And you don't have to overreact, but, um, you know, there it is. Trust it. And so, you know, I think the other reality is that, you know we see these love bombing comments i i you know that laurel's friends are leaving on her social media account i've i've seen it too it's it's actually quite wonderful and kids can really support each other online but i think the reality is that you know my kids aren't going to tell me all the ins and outs of their relationships yeah. and th- that's what it is to grow up and i think that's just fine i mean i i do respect that so they know i'm here to listen and offer feedback but i'm that's why i'm always trying to redirect them internally and just bolster those tools that they carry with them yeah
0: i think that's um boy if if more humans could sort of like encourage each other to you know trust trust their guts and <laughs> trust yourself first like i think that mm-hmm. would be a good thing and mm-hmm. i did want to add a note on that is it you know i think different people obviously and certainly different kids the ability to like tune into your gut. Like um, we talk, John and I talk about the idea of like head, heart and gut people. I think that's like, there's probably some psychological framework around that, but I just bring this up because, um, you know, I'm a gut person, for example, whereas like, you know, and Violet is definitely, definitely more of a gut person. Whereas, um, you know, some other people in our family will be more in their head or more in their heart. So I think it's going to be different for different kids, like how easy it is to even tap into that. So you're just going to, I only bring this up to say you might just need to have those little touch points of conversation around that a little bit more to help them figure out how to tune into that.
1: It's, Mm -hmm. It's tricky territory for sure it is tricky territory and it's so individual and it's so important you know and 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 young people are right at the beginning of that journey and and trusting yourself like you said i mean it takes so much practice mm-hmm. so it's not it's not like oh trust yourself oh okay the end you know like that's just the beginning of that conversation but i yeah. think you know redirecting them to those tools to just practice using them and even figuring out what they are yes very 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 good point.
0: Yeah. Can I, and I just want to add one little last thing just to yeah. make a parallel that has nothing to do with anything really heavy <laughs> is if you have a kid who definitely ha- is a little like struggles with tuning into their gut and like what they actually want. Like when I say like just frequent touch points, it can be something as simple and not so consequential as like menu decisions. Like, <laughs> cause you know, the, I know that with Laurel like she'll like look at a menu and she'll be like totally paralyzed and and so we just like have a little joking conversation about that like well you know trust your gut like what would what, what do you actually feel like would taste really good in this moment like so it doesn't I guess I just want to bring this up in that it doesn't always have to be a big serious super heavy thing it can just be mm-hmm. like everyday
1: life. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah um which brings us to our next topic which is completely relevant it's all about building trust Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. speaking of trust um one of the top concerns parents have is their kids coming across questionable content and messages and all that stuff and it's so important key in fact to build trust so your kids know they can talk to you oh my goodness yes yeah i mean (laughs) that's pretty much everything right
0: that's everything um and you know i will i was making jokes about sex ed parallels at the beginning of this episode and and the the thing is like i actually do work in this space so um you know we talk all the time about how the goal is really to become an askable parent like you want to be a parent your kids not going to come to you for everything but you want them to know that you're there and that they can ask you so i think in my experience a key to that is to be like super calm non-judgmental that's something you brought up earlier and also, like, not to freak out because the more you freak out, like, the less your kids are going to want to talk to you. And um, you know, one helpful nugget I actually picked up from a health teacher that I've worked with in the past is um, it just like totally reframed my thinking on things. Is he said, you know, just because your kid asks you about something in that instance, he was talking about porn, right? It doesn't mean that they are accessing it. It's just that curiosity mm-hmm. is normal, right?
1: hmm yeah it's yeah, like that makes the that's like right I mean that's obvious when you say it but then it's like oh yeah okay right yeah it's, it's hard to
0: separate that knowledge from like the reality of that from like the emotion mm-hmm. um you know and also I talked about this in the beginning of the episode but it's fitting to talk about it here too is that it's just really important to remember that parenting kids through this tech journey is like such a crazy moving target. And I remember, you know, having an internal, okay, here we go, feeling like the first time I had to have a talk about sexting, you know, Mm -hmm. with one of my kids. And it was just a brief, super matter of fact conversation. We've returned to it a few times. And it just those little touch points around it have developed this trust that she knows she can talk to me if something happens and you know we just keep having different conversations via like what you mentioned earlier those teachable moments just stuff that comes up in everyday life and it's it's so so helpful to just have those continual little touch points
1: around teachable moments Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, it's just, you know, trust is my North star when it comes to parenting, mm-hmm. you know, it just, you know, help them trust you and help them trust themselves. Like that's pretty much it, you know? And I think that, Um, you know, one thing actually, I I love that concept of becoming a more askable parent. That actually Mm -hmm. really just sums it up right there. Um, And one thing that's really helped me become a more askable parent is to be really honest when I don't know something, you know, when I don't know an answer. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes self-deprecating, often humorous. um, You know, I say things like, huh, I've never heard of that. Or, you know, dang, I'm old. I don't even know what that is. Or "I, I don't know, huh? Like, now I'm curious. Those sorts of things. Tell me more, you know. Um that helps because I think it's just um it's both um normalizing the fact that it's okay not to know an answer. It's also letting my kids know that I am interested and curious and and that I have my own resources and can do some looking up on my own and that's actually quite helpful. Um, I think it's also really good to recognize that our kids have a level of tech fluency that we do not. Yeah. I mean, Even the most tech-connected, and Christine, you and I are pretty darn tech-connected. I mean, and we've been doing this for a long time, but they have a level of fluency and um, not only that, social norms with their peer group, with their friends, on the way they use technology that we just don't have. We don't use it the same way. We don't use it for the same reasons. So I think that this trust really has to go both ways, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know that when I express that to my kids, I'll say to them, you know, look, I think that you have a really good head on your shoulders. I want to keep talking to you about this, but the fact is that I know that you have a good head and a good heart, and um, you know, we're probably all going to make some mistakes because this stuff is changing all the time, but you know, let's just talk about it. We'll figure it out, you know, so expressing that confidence in them um, and that respect for their tech fluency helps them, again, talk about this stuff and not think, ugh, mom's not going to get it because she's old, or, Uh, mom doesn't even. She thinks I'm a baby and doesn't think I know what I'm doing. So both of those things, I try to minimize those feelings.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. And I will just tack on to that that I had mentioned earlier about like how when you were talking about not vilifying you know technology and all this, and I said yeah, because it can be a relationship build. Like some of um, you know my kind of like humorous and fun sort of conversations and relationship build moments with Laurel lately have been, I've, I've asked her to like, show me how to use like the app of the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, and I literally sit there like, okay, all right. You know, and I, I just try to get in the game and like get my head around it. And it's a really good thing. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. good to like laugh and, you know, be in the learning seat and be on the other side of the table. I think it's really important. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Asha, we have Gosh, we have covered a lot, (laughs) and um, it is time to wrap up our show, and I wanted to know what your next edit is um, in the context of
1: our conversation today. All right. Well, my next edit actually is pretty much exactly what you said, and that was, um, as you have this ongoing tech talk with your kids, try to experiment with taking on the roles of both speaker and listener mm-hmm. at different times. So for example, you know, sometimes you're going to be telling your kid something about, you know, a tool or a way to behave or something. Sometimes try listening. So um, I find that my kids are more open to my advice when I'm open to their experiences. So try asking your kids about their tech use, an app, or just, you know, you know why they group text, you know, whatever. And Just listen from the perspective of a curious learner, and just see what the conversation, see what unfolds. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um,
0: Okay, and my your next edit. Okay, nobody's going to be surprised by this now that I was going on for it a few minutes ago. But look for a teachable moment this week. So here's the reality. Generally speaking, we are all using our tech each day and the good news is that means there are plenty of teachable moments right within your reach. So whether it's just to give you, you know, quick example, whether it's quickly checking in with your kid about a game they're playing or, you know, talking to your teen about how to be a supportive friend online, like have a quick three to five minute conversation. It's just those little touch points that will help your kids learn over time. Again, I just have to underscore not just one big scary sit-down. Lifetime Mm -hmm. of conversations. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, this stuff does not, I I, I think, you know, we can just remove the mysterious scary boogeyman from the whole thing and just, you know, like place ourselves in reality. I think that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. Well, we really, really hope that this conversation has helped inspire you to have the Tech Talk with your kids ongoing. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And this week, we'd also like to know what's
0: one thing you will talk to your kids about related to tech, safety, and citizenship. Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page, or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow and be sure to check out g.co/binternetawesome to find helpful resources like the family guide, explore the five pillars of internet awesome and play interland. We will link up all these resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening.